Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, uh, well, he knows there's always time for a bow. Welcome, Jacob. Isn't there always time for a bow? <laughs> I know the best gifts usually come with a bow. That is true. At least that's what Hawkeye is teaching me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> And uh, let me introduce our co-host, the man who just forgot one single present and then became obsessed about delivering said present and all kinds of shenanigans ensued. Welcome, Drew. Technically, if you're saying I'm Arthur, I'm not the one who forgot to give the present. That was Steve. Yeah, that was Steve. Thanks, Steve. (laughs) All right. Anyway, how yeah. are you doing, Jake? Man, I'm doing very well. It's been, it's been a very good week. It's been busy. It's the week has been long. The month has been long, and it's only the beginning of the month. Just think about that. It's December. It's felt like when December, when January 2021 started, after the chaotic year of 2020. Thanks, COVID. And. Uh, it's like, oh, okay, this year is going to be slow and steady. It's not going to be chaotic. Uh, yeah. Where, been, where did that go? <laughs> yeah. Before we get too deep into the episode, we do need to hit our trivia question for this yes, week. Yes, go for it. Uh, what is Arthur trying to deliver in Arthur Christmas? Jacob. What is Arthur trying to deliver? Huh. Wouldn't it be a bicycle? Yes. And uh, the first person to get it right this time was David Gardner. Woo-woo. Good job, David. Although I have to wonder about David Bobkey. David Botkey? Yes, also known as That's Our Bobo on uh, some of the other stuff. Oh, okay. He uh, said Caillou's head in a box. I'm curious what's going on with David. (laughs) (laughs) Caillou's head in a box. Let us us know, David. What what does that mean? (laughs) I think he just uh, doesn't like Caillou. Like Caillou's the uh, which one's Caillou? That's the bald uh, kid on PBS. Oh, okay. I don't know. Me either. <laughs> but then Heather Morgan says a bicycle for a girl that was missed. Yes. Josh Adams says a bicycle, and Paul posted a b- picture of Pee Wee Herman saying "my bike." Okay. No, Works. it was not a Pee Wee Herman's bike. Yeah, that is true. It was a pink bicycle. It was a pink bicycle, yes. Not Steve be like, oh, here's the... Here's the here's uh, a oh, purple bicycle. Here's a purple bicycle that's much better, better to the wrong house. <laughs> Going the same bad directions that Grand, <laughs> Grand Santa went to... Oh, my uh, gosh. Tulu... 
Yeah, Spain. To no, Mexico. Mexico. To Mexico. Yeah. That happened to all seven Mimosa Street. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Right. <laughs> continue with how you're doing. Uh, doing very well. So how are you doing, Drew? Minus you're still getting over I your congestion. I am on the, hopefully the final throws mm-hmm. of this horrible sinus congestion. Yeah. Um, you can probably still hear in my voice, but it shouldn't be as bad as it was. Uh, depending on how I sleep, I wake up with my ears stopped up. And sometimes I, when I go to work, my left eye is sensitive to light. Yeah. Fun. In fact, my eye is sensitive to light right now. A little bit of light right now. So if I start winking at y'all like this, that means nothing. That means I'm trying not to burn my eye out. So do you need an eye patch? <laughs> Been tempted, but no. <laughs> Other than that, we did the that the church choir did the Christmas show yeah, last bravo, Sunday. Bravo. So that was fun. And other than that, I can't think of anything uh, we, special. We did do that Christmas party. We did do the Christmas party. That was fun. Uh, no one wanted to open my present. No. <laughs> what was in yours anyway? A book. A book. <laughs> Which, well, I don't know where we have it because she get, ended up giving it back to me when we got back to the church. It's like. Why did I bother wrapping this? <laughs> but I'm going to return it. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. That was interesting. I um, had gator. Yes. Gator is always good. How would you know? You had chicken. I know, but I've had gator before. Okay. I've had okay. fried gator before. It's good. Okay. Anywho. <laughs> I think that's about all I've had going on. So uh, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? All right. So... Uh, it has been a very hectic month. Uh, I've been able to watch, we went over to Chase's house, a friend of ours mm-hmm. and who's been on the show before. On our Tron episode. Yeah. You want to go listen to that? Go find it in our, uh, in our feed, on our feed. Yeah. One of those. So, so I want, we watched, uh, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla. Against Godzilla. I have to be specific. Right. Because there is another movie called Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So to clear that up, like it was. Actually, a, I think it's Mega Godzilla versus Godzilla, but who cares? Move on. Move on. It was. It was a. It was an interesting movie. Uh, it was entertaining. Uh, there again, I am not a huge kaiju fan, <laughs> like some people are. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking I don't about. I'd be like, yeah, look at this stuff. <laughs> Uh, I am working on a collection back here. That is true. So, like, yeah, it was it was a fun film. Would I recommend it just for funs and giggles? Yes. Uh, and then I, I uh, with my newfound ability to be on the internet, be in my house. Isn't it amazing. Yes, it is. Uh, I was going the YouTube route, just watching stuff, and I was like, oh, you can watch a certain movie that we're going to be reviewing in, I think. Two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> you that know, would be Digimon. Yeah, that'd be Digimon. Which I've got on Blu-ray over there. Yeah. So I'm, you just got ahead of the game. Yeah, so we're watching like the first uh, uh, Digimon Adventure Try Part 1 Reunion. Mm-hmm. And I started watching and I was like, whoa, okay, this is interesting. I mean, like Knowing a little bit what's going on, because there again, the internet doesn't know when to shut up. Um... I'm like, oh, okay, they introduced this new character. What is Kawagamon doing here? And it's like, 
why are we fighting Kawagamon again? And people who don't know what a Kawagamon is, it's a big red beetle. <laughs> it's a common villain. He's a cop. He's a very, I think it was like the first villain that the characters actually face when they get in the digital world in the first show. Well, yeah, but, they couldn't fight the vampire guy. No, 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 no. Devimon. Yeah. Wasn't it Devimon? No, that was not Devimon. That was Dev. It's been that a was a long time. The, the vamp- vampire. That's Devimon. Uh, that's what I said. Yeah, Devimon. You're right. You're right. I, I'm, I'm thinking of another character. Anywho. Yeah. Either way. So yes, I'm, I'm halfway through it. Um, the, the funds of internet and things going buzz sometimes. <laughs> You know, that's the internet for you. Buzz? <laughs> You're going to have to tell me what buzz is. Because you haven't told me this story. Okay, so I'm I'm watching Digimon Try. And uh, every, like, like every, be like, maybe every couple of minutes, maybe every 20 minutes, the, the screen would freeze and go, the, the audio would go buzz. And it would sound like it's, like it's starting to, uh, it can't catch up. With oh. The, yeah, it's lagging. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it's lagging. So apparently, YouTube is not liking you. Yeah, YouTube is not liking me. So, uh, so I'm, be like, I get like halfway through it. I'd be like, I am, I'm enjoying it. And there's this much a larger story. Obviously, it's six films. Yeah, but it's a whole season. Yeah, it's a whole season, which they condense in the films. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm I'm wanting to understand. Okay, who are these characters? Who's this? Who's all these mysterious Digimon popping up? Why are these Digimon popping up? Uh, What's so special about Maine Coonmon? True. What is what is this mysterious character? He's popping up in the background. And then he's cool because he's a Maine Coon. Yeah, that's true. Mon. Mon. Anyway. Mon Mon. All right. So yeah, that's what I've been watching. What have you been watching, Drew? Uh, of course, I watched Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. I'm working on my way. Through. I'm watching that. I've been watching uh, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Uh, couple YouTube videos here and there. Nothing real special. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course you're the Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla mm-hmm. against Mecha Godzilla. Almost said right. the same thing. I made the same mistake you did. Um, other than that, watching wise, there's not that's not been much out mm. of the ordinary. Yeah. Gaming wise, on the other hand, yes. Early access for Endwalker started Friday. And what is Endwalker for those who don't know? Endwalker is the latest expansion for Final Fantasy XIV, Ah. which I've been playing for six years now, Ah. off and on. Not straight, obviously. Mm. I've taken breaks. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's when it comes to a launch of a game, there's always going to be some... Bugs? Bugs, some... Mm. Something they did not plan for. For instance, uh, two expansions ago at Stormblood, they put uh, two, what they, what's called single-player instances, like not too far from the beginning of the quest. Okay. Which meant all, what, 30,000 players were trying to hit it at the same time, which caused a bottleneck and caused a very boring weekend because you couldn't do anything. I got you. Except for click the same dude and watch the same cut scene over and over again. Uh, so funds that was, now that was four years ago. Okay. Or six years ago. However long ago it was right. Two expansions ago. This expansion has gone a little bit smoother in the fact that, uh, 
mo- once you're in the game, the um, if there's a lot people are getting a lot more spread out a lot faster, so there's less build up at the uh, at the spots where like that uh, thing I just described was. Yeah. Problem is getting into the game <laughs> because, um, well, between the WoW refugees, the World of Warcraft refugees that mm-hmm. have came in in the course of the last year for obvious reasons mm-hmm. and found, oh, 14's a good game. Um, the semiconductor shortage and the worst congestion the game has had since it launched, hmm. it takes about three hours to log into the game just to play it. Wow. Unless you can hit it at just the right time. Guess what I've not been able to do right after work? <laughs> Log in. Play the game. <laughs> I've gotten to play, I think, about five hours of the game so far. Wow. Over the course of the weekend. And I'm not and that's not counting waiting for it to go. I literally Saturday, while I was waiting for it to come up, yeah. took a nap. Wow, okay. And woke up to uh like literally seconds before it actually finally loaded the game and how I got that lucky. I don't know because the other thing that's running into is uh, sometimes depending on if you, if you're waiting a long time, it'll yeah. throw up an error message call that with an error code 2002 mm. that kicks you all the way back out to lock to uh, typing in your password. Oh geez. So you got to hurry and get back in there before you lose your spot in line. Mm. Maybe you get a little head. Maybe you won't. So how I got lucky enough not to lose my spot in line that day, I don't know. It's like traffic in a Metroplex. <laughs> it's more like traffic at the end of a baseball game at, after a Major League Baseball game. True. While a, a Major League football game is letting out at the same time. Mm. And an ACDC concert is letting out. <laughs> at rush hour. <laughs> That's what it's like. Uh, okay, I gotcha. Is a it's it's one of those kind of things you just have to sit and be patient, find something to do. I read a book one day. Wow. Okay. Before I just shut it off and said, you know what, I could be doing other things right now. Be a little more productive with my day. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of sitting here waiting for my turn in line to play hearing, a game, hearing the same uh, melody line in the background, it's like you know what, when I hit Q, you could just cut the sound out. Mm-hmm. Or I guess I could have just turned the speaker off. Either way. Right. So, yeah. Uh, despite all that, what I have played has been fun. Good. So, um, other than that, I guess that's about it for me. Okay. What do we got in the news? What do we got in the news? So, before I do the news, I want to... I, I, I just... What I want to do, because I, I recently discovered a, a YouTube channel, and I've just been like, oh my gosh, amazing, so much fun. Uh, how ridiculous. It's three three guys from Australia, and they just do all kinds of ridiculous sports things and it's, it's just fun. So I'm just, if, if you want to watch some of these, just fun and wholesome and just, all right, just amazing to watch is like, go check out how ridiculous they're really, really amazing. So either way, going into the news, uh, the only bit of news that I could really find that kind of, uh, hunker down to what we do. Um, uh, and the new, the, the title, Literally says, meanwhile, in a nut, in another, another universe, if you don't catch what we're talking about, it's another Spider-Man movie. <laughs> Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse. All part right. one. Part one. Yeah. Part one. So this is going to be interesting. All right. Uh, so maybe actually doing an adaptation of the actual Spider-Verse comic 
instead of telling a story kind of like the Spider-Verse comic. I don't know. Right. So over the weekend, Sony Pictures Animation surprised fans by dropping a first look teaser at Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Uh, the hotly anticipated sequel to the groundbreaking Oscar Gold, uh, Golden Globe BAFA seven-time enemy any war-winning 2018 animated feature Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So we do not have a date for this film yet. Uh, it'll probably be in 2022, obviously, hopefully. Uh, but it looks amazing. Go check it out. Uh, it's been, it's on our Facebook page. So go check that out. And uh, it's, it looks good. It looks good. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it and see where they go from there. So other than that, that's all I have in the news. Unless you have something else. Not that I'm aware of. Alrighty. So I guess we need to jump into our spoiler-free section. Exactly. Of our review for Arthur Christmas. Mm -hmm. This was actually my second viewing. Okay. Um, it's a good movie, don't get me wrong. But it is definitely different than kind of what I'm used to. Yeah, just a little bit. Um... Boy, this is actually sounding like I didn't like the movie as much as I'm <laughs> hesitating. I actually enjoyed the movie. Um, it's just, this is not your traditional Christmas movie. No, it's not. There are elements of it, don't get me wrong, but this is definitely uh, kind of a new, newer-ish style uh, Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, well, and, and it's Ardman. You can definitely tell it's Ardman through and through, just oh. the way the character designs. Animation-wise. Ardman is very hit or miss for me. Indeed. There's stuff of theirs I absolutely love, and stuff of theirs that I go, meh. And I actually wonder if this would have done better for me if it had been Claymation. Because it's got a Claymation feel to it. Oh, yeah. But it's just a little too smooth yeah. because of the CG. Mm -hmm. That may just be me you know, overthinking it, but, uh, I enjoyed the film for what it is. It's a fun, it's a little fun little movie. Um, if you're interested in watching it, go watch it. That would be my suggestion. Other than that, Jacob. All right. Uh, this is my first time watching it. Um, obviously for the, for the show. And I had heard about the film when it came out. I thought it just kind of looked a little weird, uh, from the trailer is like, I'll pass. And uh, this came out in 2011. Mm -hmm. Came out in 2011. Uh, where was I in 2011? Yeah, I think it's... Jacksonville. Well, obviously, I was in Jacksonville, of course. Berkshire's. Dur -dur. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I just passed it up because... Berkshire just, Brothers, I mean, not Berkshire. Yeah, yeah. There's two distinguishing these two companies. There's a difference. Yeah, don't get me started on it because I, I will I will go I'm into a rant about difference. it. I've yeah. worked for your company. I've worked for you for the other half. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, yeah. First time watching it. Uh, it's interesting. It'd be like there's parts of it. I'm just I'm scratching my head. It's like what in the world's going on? Uh, there's the the third act to me kind of just falls apart in in some ways. And uh, it's enjoyable. Do not get me wrong. It seems to go on a lot of tangents. And I recently you're trying to fill the runtime. And um, it's it's a good film. I just think there's the the structure of the film kind of falls apart a little bit of the third act. And I'll get into my dislikes. But it's a good film. 
I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and just dog this film to death and say how terrible it is. It's not a terrible film. Mm-hmm. It just has its problems and its third act to me falls apart. Okay. So, yeah. Well, then I guess we need to jump into the spoiler-filled section of this. Join us on the other side and we will get to spoiling it. Yep. Don't forget that you can download download don't forget that you can't uh, don't forget that you can listen to us record the podcast live every Tuesday over on our Facebook page the Cellcast our uh, Twitch channel the Cellcast Gaming and on YouTube at Cellcast also don't forget to join our Patreon if you would like to support us monetarily at $1 you'll get our everlasting thanks at at our $5 tier, you can get some artwork from Jacob. And in our $10 tier, you can get bloopers for every ep- for, for every episode we've released that I've remembered to release them for. And you can get commentaries from different movies. So come check us out over there if you would like to support us financially. Each week on Stunning and Brave, hosts Chris Cowan of the Babylon Bee and Nate Henderson of Some Boring Budgeting Job confess their privilege spotlight stunning social media posts and fabricate outrage all while keeping you super woke and enlightened they will make you laugh that's right you have no choice check out stunning and brave at stunningandbrave.net do you like star wars i don't just mean the original trilogy along with that i mean the prequels the sequels the anthologies the animated shows and of course (laughs) who doesn't like baby yoda well If you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all Star Wars, and check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. Let's kick this in the pig. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Arthur Christmas. Listener discretion is advised. Arthur Christmas was written and directed by Sarah Smith, who also directed the movie that came out this year that I still haven't gotten a chance to see, Ron's Gone Wrong. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was also directed by Barry Cook, who directed Mulan. Hmm. And it was also written by Peter Bainham, who has written all the Borat movies. Okay. That's saying something. (laughs) Yeah. So we've got Mulan, Ron's Gone Wrong, and Borat. Mm. That actually explains quite a lot. It does. It quite does. Getting into the cast, we've got James McAvoy playing Arthur. Mm -hmm. And along with playing Professor Xavier in the, uh, or young Professor Xavier in the X-Men movies, he was also Mr. Tumnus in The mm-hmm. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, mm-hmm. which I keep forgetting about every time that that's actually him. Yeah, that was one of his very early roles. Oh, yeah. He got Hugh Laurie playing Steve, mm-hmm. and he was Dr. Gregory House on the TV show House. Mm-hmm. All his diagnoses are so weird. Bill Nighy was played Grand Santa, mm-hmm. and he played Davy Jones in the Pirates of the Caribbean that movies. Did. That he did. Jim Broadbent played Santa. And he played Professor Kirk in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. 
Imelda Staunton played Mrs. Santa, and she played a villain more probably more worse than Voldemort in Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. Dolores Umbridge. The person that everyone hates. That is true. If you read the books, even worse. Yes. <laughs> Ashley Jensen played Bronnie, and in How to Train Your Jack- Dragon, she played Fleema the Fierce. Fleema the Fierce. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who that was. Me either. But I couldn't mass I couldn't pass up Fleema. Yeah. Fleema. So I remember more of a phlegm. Yeah. Phlegma. Phlegma. Yeah. <laughs> I've been dealing with phlegma all week. Mark Wooten, who played Peter, you know, the uh brown nosing elf. Oh yeah. He played a character named Mr. Poppy in something called Nativity 3, Dude, Where's My Donkey? I want to know what this is. <laughs> exactly, Dude, Where's but, My Donkey? But with a name like that, it's like, I have to mention this one. Yeah. I'm curious, is it animated? It looks animated. I'm wondering what Nativity 1 and 2 are. Okay, we might have to review that at some point. We will have to be looking into that one. Yeah, but just how ba- if it's good or bad, whatever, review yeah. it. Laura Lenny was the voice of the North Pole computer. And in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, okay. I believe is the second the second the, the Bay Burst. The Bay, the Bay Turtles. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played Chief Vincent. Chief Vincent. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's the one who gives the turtles their, uh, their, uh, their honors at the very end of the film. Ah. Uh, Eva Longoria played Chief De Silva, which I believe was the politician that tried to shoot Santa... Try to shoot the sleigh down. Oh yeah, <laughs> she played uh, Gabrielle Solis in Desperate Housewives. That's oh. probably what she's most famous for. That's right. Yeah, Ramona Marquez was the, played Gwen, the child who didn't get. Oh the yeah, poor little Gwen. And uh, in the movie The King's Speech, which came out right before this, she played Princess Margaret. Okay. And uh, Michael Palin, who is the voice of Ernie Clicker. Which I believe was the guy with the used cars. They stole the uh, deer sign. From. Oh yeah, the the sort of that you know that. <laughs> yes, uh, he's of course a member of Monty Python, and I couldn't exactly just post one. Yeah, role of there's his. a lot of Monty Python. I couldn't even just do. I, I wanted to do Monty Python and the Holy Grail just to make Francisco of the Retro Rewind podcast mad, but I couldn't just <laughs> save one character. It's like he plays thirty <laughs> characters. So true. Or tons of them, anyway. Mm. But yeah, that's uh, the re- that's the end of the cast list. Our Kingdom Hearts connections for this week. None of them were in the cast. Wow. Okay. But Brian Adams, who was a lighting and compositing artist in this movie, was a digital artist in Kingdom Hearts 3. Really? Jerry Smith was a lighting artist both in this and Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm. And Jonathan Williams was a cellist in both movies. Really? Yeah. Wow. You would that, that was the best that, that I could is, do. That is good. Good job. Oh, also, not just Kingdom Hearts. He was also a cellist in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Probably. So I hit all of the things I was supposed to hit. Nice. Good job. And I had to dig deep to get it. That was the more worst I've had to dig, where it didn't just come up empty completely. Mm. But yeah, that's what I got for Kingdom Hearts connections. Jacob, what do all we right. got in info and stuff? All right, info and stuff. So if you're desiring to watch Arthur Arthur Christmas. I want to say Arthur and stuff, but that's my segment. <laughs> Arthur Christmas. Arthur and stuff. <laughs> Arthur and stuff. Uh, so if you want to watch Arthur that's Christmas. That's got to be the name of the uh, Aardvark 
You know, Arthur the Aardvark. Yeah, exactly. Go Arthur and stuff. <laughs> All right. So if you want to watch this movie legally, go go watch it. Go if you are a subscriber to Hulu, uh, go you can go watch it there. Uh, and also they also do a bun. Disney does a bundle with them. It's a really good deal. Uh, if you haven't jumped on that, if you want to. Go do it. Uh, so IMDb has a 7.1 out of 10. Production was done by Sony Pictures, Columbia Pictures, and Ardman Animation. Because mm-hmm. obviously you're watching this. Obviously it is a very much an Ardman animation. Very much so. Very much. Except that it's CG instead of claymation. Well, I mean, they, uh, ha- did, did, they do CG when uh, claymation they think is going to be too... Expensive for the yeah. production. And I could see why with this one. Yeah, especially with the S1. Yeah, definitely with the S1. That is just freaking amazing. All right. So it was distributed by Sony Pictures. Its release date was November 11th, 2011 in the UK. And the 22nd, 23rd of that same month in the United States. Box office. This, like, looking at these numbers, it's kind of sad. Let's just say that. So if, if you take into account marketing and promotion, just mm-hmm. keep that in mind when you hear the last, when you hear the total gross for the uh, worldwide gross. And you said this was December 23rd? Uh, November. Out? November. Okay. So it didn't have the whole month. Sorry. Yeah. It didn't have the whole month. In my it, mind, it, ha- it, it only had like two days before Christmas. Which no, was no, this is, it's no, it's November. So it has the rest of the month. All right. So it had a budget of a hundred million dollars estimated. Uh, its opening weekend was $12 million here in the United States and Canada. Think about that. $11 million mm. in the United States in 2011. That is sad. That is really sad. All right. So it's U.S. and Canada gross altogether was $46.4 million. This thing tanked mm-hmm. in the, domestically. Tanked. Mm. And it only gets worse. So worldwide gross was $147.4 million. Mm. It didn't make anything back. In, in between marketing, promotion, everything, doing tours, the whole bit, I guarantee this movie didn't make... If it made anything, it probably made something back in... Uh, uh, and it's a uh, Blu-ray and DVD and yeah. digital sales. Maybe. <laughs> well, I have heard this has gotten a bit of a cult uh, fan base. And I can see uh, why. After after the fact. Yeah, I can see that. All right. So speaking of home release, Arthur Christmas was released on DVD, Blu-ray, and Blu-ray 3D. Remember, that was a thing back in 2012. Blu-ray 3D. Yeah. I have actually have a, a few Blu-ray uh, oh, 3Ds. I think most people do. If you if you have a uh, if you have any collection, sometimes it was cheaper to buy the three D version because that's the one that had all the features you wanted. Exactly. I think right. I bought four K Blu rays before I got a four K Blu ray player because it had the stuff I wanted. Mm-hmm. All right. So this came uh, those came out November six two thousand twelve in the United States, and no, that is weird. Okay, what? so it came out in the United States first, but then it was released in Britain last. When it was released to theaters in Britain first, but then came over here last. Uh, that is odd. I'm not that sure is what odd. That would be. I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was Sony's distribution. They 
Could be some deal they had. It's easier for Sony to release here first and then in Britain later. I don't know. Exactly. And probably I'll, had something to do with how they release in Europe. That is true. And also there was no there is no sequel as we far as I can under can no, find. Not. Yeah. And plus be like, what would you do it over? Yeah, that's the thing. This was definitely a one and done film. Yeah. Kind of like some films that should have said one film. Such as? Oh, let me think. I'm just curious. For your Jaws. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, Jaws should have stayed one film. Or The Matrix should have stayed one film. You say that a year a fourth movie's coming out. Yeah, that is true. I'm looking forward to it, but if you watched the other Matrix films, they were kind of a letdown. Since you're bringing up the Matrix, I should point out that our friends over at the Retro Rewind podcast are doing Merry Matrix this month. They are, and we nearly got to—I I nearly got to be on one for the Animatrix, but uh, I, he was wanting to do that while, during Thanksgiving week while I was out of town. Oh, uh, okay. Which is why I'm not on that episode. That makes sense. All right, so that is all I have for info and stuff. So we need to jump into summary. Yes, almost forgot where I was going. Uh, Instead of a single individual, Santa Claus is a hereditary title belonging to gift givers that have been carried out for many generations. The current Santa, Malcolm Claus, is heading his 70th mission, but his role has largely been reduced to that of a figurehead. Although the traditional sleigh and reindeer were used in the past, they have now been replaced by the S-1, a high-tech vessel operated by hundreds of elves that used advanced equipment and military precision to deliver presents to children. The complex Christmas operations are micromanaged by Malcolm's son, Steve, from underneath the North Pole, while Malcolm's younger son, Arthur, answers the letters to Santa. During one of the delivery operations in Poland, a toy is accidentally activated, waking a child and nearly revealing Santa. A tense escape operation ensues, during which an elf aboard the S-1 leans on a button, causing a present to fall from the supply line and go unnoticed. Another elf named... Uh, Brian Shelfley later finds the missing present, a wrapped bicycle for a little girl in Trelew, Cornwall, named Gwen, whom le- whose letter Arthur had personally responded to. Steve argues that one missed present out of billions is an acceptable error, citing this year's Christmas as the most successful in history. Malcolm's father and predecessor, Grand Santa, whisks, a Arthur, whisks Arthur away to deliver it in Evie, the old wooden sleigh that is pulled by the descendants of the Flying Reindeer. Briny joins in, but they get lost on three different continents, lose several of the reindeer, and encounter many other obstacles, ultimately being mistaken for aliens and causing an international military incident. Arthur learns, to his disappointment, that Grand Santa only wants to fulfill his ego. Malcolm is indifferent to the missing present, and Steve refuses to help them because he believes Arthur's efforts could undermine his attempt to become the next Santa. Finally, stranded on on an island... In Cuba, Arthur becomes disillusioned with his family and nearly gives up. However, he realizes that so long as the gift is is delivered, the Santa Arthur looks up to exists in the hearts of children and recovers his resolve in the sleigh. Meanwhile, the elves grow increasingly alarmed at rumors of the neglected delivery that causes indifference, sending them into a panic. In response, Malcolm, Margaret, and Steve take the S1 to deliver a superior present only for Malcolm to get the address to the wrong child and Steve proves to be bad with children. Arthur and his company reach England but lose the remaining reindeer. Furthermore, a predator drone scrambled by Chief De Silva of the of the UN intercepts and opens fire on the sleigh. 
believing it to be an alien spacecraft. Grand Santa sacrifices Evie while Arthur and Bryony parachute to the ground. All four male clauses ultimately arrive at Gwen's house before she awakens, only to have all but Arthur quarrel about who gets to actually place the gift. Noticing that only Arthur truly cares about the girl's feelings, the Elder Clauses collectively realize that he is the sole worthy successor. As a result, Malcolm gives Arthur the honor and, and Steve, recognizing his own shortcomings, forfeits his birthright and acknowledges his brother's worthiness to take up the mantle. Gwen glimpses a snow-bearded Arthur in a wind-buffeted sweater just before he vanishes up into the S1. As a postscript, Malcolm goes into happy retirement with Margaret after he, where he also becomes Grand Santa's much-desired new companion and plays Arthur's board game with him for many happy hours. Meanwhile, Steve finds true contentment as the chief operating officer of the North Pole. Bryony is promoted to vice president of Rapping Pacific Division. The high-tech S1 is rechristened Evie in honor of Grand Santa's old sleigh and refitted to be pulled by a team of 5,000 reindeer led by the original eight for what some reason I do not understand. <laughs> All of whom have returned home safely. Arthur happily guides the entire enterprise in Santa Claus the 21st. Mm. Getting into the trivia for this. This first one is a trivia I came up with myself because I wanted to point this out. Arthur Christmas came out in 2011. While another movie yeah. that we've talked about and reviewed, yes, we reviewed, actually a series of specials that we wanted more movies of, yes. came out in 2008. Thanks, 2009. Thanks, Disney. Prep and Landing. Yes. Which I suspect, I have no proof, mm -hmm. but I suspect some aspect of the North Pole's um, design and how the elves worked mm -hmm. might have been inspired by Prep and Landing, but I, I have would, no proof of this. It makes sense. That's the first thing I thought when I watched this film. Oh, yeah. Uh, Steve Claus, when he enters uh, Gwen's house, he steps on a small toy which makes a distinctive bah sound. This is a Sean the Sheep toy. Sean mm -hmm. the Sheep was a television show produced by Ardman Productions, the same company who made this movie. Uh, the creators decided to approach the character design and the ideas to make them feel British and quirky, not airbrushed or appealing. Mm. Appealing is the word they used here. They, yes, appealing. They were trying to stay away from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Screenwriter Peter Bainham, born in Cardiff, Wales, Included a reference to an obscure bit of Welsh history in a script with Mimosa Avenue in Trelew. In 1865, about 150 Welsh immigrants sailed on the ship Mimosa to Patagonia, Argentina. They founded a town called Trelew, which there is now a street where, where there is now a street called Mimosa after the ship. Bainham postulated an avenue by that name in Trelew, Cornwall, to complete the confusion between the two locations. And of course, we also know there's a third in the movie. Of a Mimosa Avenue in Trelu, Mexico. Mexico. Mm -hmm. Why is there a Mexican named town named Trelu? Mm -hmm. That's not even a British Mexican word. It's not even Spanish. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, in the delivery scene in the beginning of the movie, one of the elves puts down a wrapped railroad track in front of him as he is riding on the train. This is a reference to a scene in The Wrong Trousers, uh, one of the Wallace and Gromit shorts. Uh, where Gromit does the same thing in the Penguin Chase. There was discussion over what differing time zones meant to the story before the sun comes up deadline imposed in the plot of the movie. The idea of kids being awake in Australia while it's night in the United States was troubling. They ultimately decided that for kids, Christmas is nighttime all over the world. 
I have more opinions on this here in a minute. Yeah, just a bit. Uh, David Tennant was the original choice for Arthur Christmas. That makes sense. He could have done that pretty well. At about the 53 minute and 26 second mark in the North Pole Mission Control Room, while various international news outlets are broadcasting about the aliens, one of the monster monitors to the right of Steve is showing the cloud snowman that Grand Santa had earlier made while flying in the sleigh. Hmm. Only it has now since morphed into a more sinister looking alien figure. I missed that. Yeah. But that would be funny. But that's what I've got in the trivia for this. Uh, my first like for this movie is okay. actually the logistics of the Santa Claus operation. Indeed. Because that's one of the things I enjoyed about uh, Prep and Landing, to bring yeah. that up. But uh, the whole how, how it was set up, how it used to be set up, the amount of lore in this as to how the Santa Clauses work mm-hmm. and how they get presence around the world in... I'm going to say 12 hours for the sake of how this movie is set up. More on that here in a minute. Right. Because it's not 12 hours. No. But, uh, and the fact that you've got a whole department directed to uh, writing uh, letters, answering letters to Santa, despite the fact I don't think those letters ever get back to kids. No. Because I can't tell you any person i've ever met that ever got a letter back from santa i've i've heard of like parents i've heard of people writing letters back to kids who wrote letters right. to santa so i've heard of things like that but it's an interesting aspect but but then you logistically you have the problem of okay now you can track where this envelope came from and find out where santa actually is well, I mean, there's an easier way to do it. Google? No. <laughs> just when Santa could just bring the letter with him instead of mailing it back. That is true. Just drop it off. Yeah, when he that drops makes sense. off everything else. That that makes sense. And plus, logistically, there's some problems with be like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get to those in a little yes, bit. Yes, we'll get Let's, to that in a minute. But, yes. the, but the, in general, the way the lore and the logistics of the entire oh, operation yeah. worked, I thought was interesting, including mm-hmm. the... Uh, Communi- the old communication method to Evie with the oh, flag display. Yeah. And that stuff. I thought, okay, mm. that's funny. That was funny. And how it pissed off the lions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's my first like. Mm. My, my also would be the, uh, the technical advancement they've done with the uh, package delivery and the mm-hmm. logistics of uh, delivering all these packages all these children all over the world and one night and they 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 come up with this very unique idea of doing okay let's let's make e1 is it e1 s1 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 you know a very large like saucer spaceship well, that, I mean, it would that, have to be pretty big to hold all those presents. Indeed. And all the elves required to deliver. That them. is true. It, it, the logistically, it makes sense. And plus how they implement it going over the town, making it look like it's a starry night. Yeah, at the where, last minute to keep so that she wouldn't wake up too early. Yeah, there again, logistical problems with that. Uh, so, yes, be like I thoroughly enjoy how they uh, mechanically did everything. Yes, it has that... Um, reminiscent of uh, the show we just reviewed. Prep and Landing. Prep and Landing, thank you. Uh, which, again, 
thoroughly enjoy those shorts. Go watch them in our uh, directories. Uh, if you want to or listen to them in our directors. Yeah. I was trying to clarify to our audience. Uh, but uh, logistically, just how they did it is incredible. Be like, you're, you're working at this like fast, you're like logistically that'd be almost impossible unless you're going at, you know, you know, yeah. two times the speed of light in order to, you know, to do this. Well, I'll get into that in a minute. So yeah. So yeah, just logistically how they do mechanically and uh, systematically is just incredible. I was like, wow, the, the, uh, they took prep and landing and just ballooned it, ballooned it out. And it's just incredible how they do it. How, 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 how everything's executed. Mm-hmm. Let's use a better word executed in this. So yeah, that's my number one. My second like is the character of Arthur. Okay. He is just so much of a pure character. Yeah. He, all he wants to do is make Christmas good for perfect for every child on earth, which is what you would want in a Santa Claus character. Right. Because you look at everyone else and it is a comedy of errors. Right. And everything they're going, Steve's got the logistics down pat. Mm -hmm. He's not good with kids. Yeah. He is looking at it purely from a business point of view. He gets it done and you really need need that. And, And honestly, if Arthur took over complete control, of the entire operation, mm-hmm. it would not happen. He needs Steve. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and the fact that you've all, and, but Arthur by himself is, he's, he just wants everything to be perfect and he can't understand why everyone else seems to be fighting him over this. Yeah. And admittedly, he's kind of right because it's like he's got it with, a, he's, he only missed one person that's statistically. Not, very, very good. That's very good. But we're talking about Santa Claus. Right. It needs to be perfect mm-hmm. in order for, for the myth to continue. Right. So, yeah, I, I really didn't. Arthur's the one who understands it. He understands it's not about the actual Santa who's actually got the title of Santa Claus. Yeah. It's about the idea of Santa Claus mm-hmm. and keeping that going. So yeah, I, Arthur is one of my is my favorite character in this movie. So I'm going with that. Okay, so one of my my favorite, and it actually reminded me of a verse, a verse in scripture, and I'm bringing it up right now. All right, so in um, Ecclesiastes twelve, Ecclesiastes twelve, this this one just keep popped in my head, and it just it, it fit perfectly. Uh, uh, starting in verse eight, vanity is a vanity says the says the preacher all is vanity. So that popped up watching, like watching this movie of the, um, grandpa Santa, the current Santa and Steve, you have these three mm-hmm. characters who are so, uh, consumed with being Santa Claus, the grandfather Santa or grand Santa, as they call him, grand Santa, is what they grand call him, Santa. Yeah. um, his is more like he wants to show everybody he can still do it, even though there's a past issue, which there again, we'll get into later. Um, there's a past issue that it comes up. There is the, the current Santa who is still believes he can do everything, even though he's most likely past his prime and he's, he's unwilling to let go of the title 
even though Steve is very qualified to it. Steve, like uh, Drew said, he's very like he's got uh, the the system down. He's got the business side of it done. Uh, like in, like in one scene, in one scene, it shows he's not very good with kids. Now that's something that can be learned, but at the moment, it's not. It's it's this idea of vanity that I have to be this. I have yeah. to be this. And uh, then you have little you have little Arthur who is the 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 guy who's kind of pushed aside. Be like you're you're the second born. Oh, we're gonna put you in mailing because you seem to screw up everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, there again, Arthur has this pure heart. He just wants everything to go right. He believes in every all the mythology of Santa Claus that his father is gonna stay up all night. Worrying about this one president, which in truth, father, uh, the uh, the father who is he's gotten up in age, he's at that age of retirement, and he's had the vanity still there that he could still do it, and he's just he's completely unaware that his father just <laughs> be like, oh, okay, we missed one child, I'm going to bed, and I'm going to tell Arthur this because that's what I do. And uh, I just I love that that contrast of all three of these characters who are being incredibly vain about being Santa. They have to be Santa. They have to be Santa. And then you have little Arthur, who is just the, you know, the the guy who truly believes that wants children to that have the the present they they, they deserve. Um, there is just. This, 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 this innocence about it. And he doesn't, he's, he's not corrupted by the vanity of, or the, the pride of wanting to continue the, uh, the wearing the suit. Right. <laughs> and so I, I, li- I like that about Arthur. Arthur is the, you know, a, a pure heart kind of guy. And like, like you said earlier that he is very, he's, he's, he's grounded in the mythology. He's excited about Christmas where everyone else has become cynical about it. And it's all mechanical. It's all about the job. It's all about the job. Get the job done. Be like, let's start over next year. So, yeah, I just I, I enjoy the idea. Of be like, y'all, yeah, well, three of these, you know, the past, current, and future Santa. So, you know, allegedly the future Santa are so vain on the job and the mechanics of everything that they've forgotten their first love, which is you know the the joy of bringing Christmas. Or gifts to children. So I, just, I found that very entertaining. So my third like is very much like your second. Mm. And that is the realism of the three Santas. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you've got Steve. Mm-hmm. Steve wants the role because he believes it's his birthright. He believes yeah. he deserves it. He's put in all this hard work. He's the one who deserves to be Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. What he's missing is the fact that he's only he he's got while well, he's got the business down, he doesn't have the heart. Yeah. For what Santa's supposed to be. Indeed. Then you've got current Santa who is so worried about who he is if he's not Santa Claus that he yeah. doesn't want to give up the title. Yeah. Everyone else apparently does seventy missions and then retires. Yeah. This was his quote unquote 70th mission Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to give up the title. He's ready for 71. Oh yeah. Everyone. And and that's one of the things that makes Steve mad is because like he wants, he thinks he's being snubbed for the role again. He's being passed up. Passed over because his father's 
who's obvious he obviously is beginning to believe is a dullard and mm-hmm. stupid and doesn't know what's what he's doing mm. uh won't get out of his chair mm-hmm. get right down to it yeah pretty much and then you got grand santa <laughs> grand santa is the santa claus who's already done it he did it well back in his day yeah he did it with a sleigh 11 reindeer and a half drunk elf he lost over geneva <laughs> Oh my gosh. In the middle of World War II. Two. Now, granted, props to Grand Santa for continuing to deliver Christmas presents during World War II. Two. Yes. I give you props. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, the times have changed a lot yeah. since World War II. Indeed. Indeed. Um, you don't even know half, when you were delivering, all the toys were. Uh, Little wooden ducks and tin, tr- tin trucks and right, uh, little baby dolls and s- stuff like that. Yeah, I guarantee you. While bikes and electric trains are in were in the S one that we saw, there's also PlayStation f- uh, threes. Mm-hmm. Considering the year this came out, yes, <laughs> uh, and Xbox three sixties and games and stuff that probably the elves did not buy build. They probably had to make have deals with oh I don't know Sony. The makers of the film, in order to get their uh, their their uh, shipment, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not saying that they didn't. You know, there wasn't some money tied behind the thing, but it's amazing how we got all this yeah. nice behind the scenes footage by Sony when yeah. I'm sure they needed plenty of PlayStation threes. But anyway, right. I might be reading. I, I, I'm having too much fun reading into this. Oh, yeah. um, I actually own a PS3. I'm just going with what year this came out because this would have oh. been before PS4. That is while true. the PS3 was starting to become in vogue again. Very true. Anyway. All right. So. But I mean, uh, these characters are, they're, they're real. Yeah. They're not, I hate to use the term they're, they're real characters because technically they're all real characters because they're all characters. Yeah. They're as real as fictional characters can get. But, the, but they come across But these feel like they're 3D. They're three dimensional. Yeah. yeah. They're not just. They could have easily just had one guy be the cranky one, mm-hmm. one guy be the delirious one, and one guy be the super serious one. No, they actually made them all characters, mm-hmm. three-dimensional characters who had feelings, and they all three had to come to the decision, I'm not meant to be Santa. Right. Grandpappy had to realize he's too old for the role. Regular Santa had to realize it's time to retire. And Steve had to make the decision, I don't know what to do with kids. I don't need to be the one who's the face of Santa Claus. Mm. That's going to be a hard decision for all three of them to finally make at the Agreed. end of this movie. Agreed. And to give it to Arthur, the only one who actually really cared about Gwen and any of the children. Right. At least at this point. But yeah, that's my third like is the fact that they're three dimen- all the Santas are three-dimensional characters. Yeah, agreed. Everyone else, on the other hand... Indeed. <laughs> indeed. Yeah, we'll get that in dislikes. Yes. Uh, my third like is... Arthur's passion, Arthur's passion for, I know I brought it up in my second like, but to reiterate the idea that our main character is this, I guess he is very like, he's very naive about the world. He's very naive. He's very much be like, Oh, I like Christmas. Be like, Oh, be like, Oh, this card. (laughs) You know, that was hard to really pull that accent, but yeah, either way. So, um, you don't have a very good. No, that's Scottish. Never mind. That's very Scottish. I can't. Do, I apparently can't do Cockney either. 
I'm but, sorry, I went straight into my Scotty from Star Trek. <laughs> you cannot change the laws of physics, Captain. You can't deliver these Christmas presents all around the world in one night, Captain. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Somehow the time zones have all been disrupted, Captain. There must be some disruption in the time-space continuum. <laughs> oh, bother. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's uh it's Arthur's passion, his 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 goal, his direction, unlike everybody else around him, it's be like, hey, this is a job. This is be like, hey, I've gotta get this one present to Gwen because she got left out. And I I just found it very appealing that Arthur had this desire and passion, even though everybody was telling him, Hey, dude, just give up. Mm-hmm. Be like, we, we can literally ship the present to her in five days. It will be no problem. <laughs> and everybody else is like, this is not a problem, but Arthur, he's so gory and it's so driven by this that he literally ropes, you know, uh, grand Santa into it. Was it Grant said who roped him into it, or was it? It was kind of a mutual. It was a mutual roping, and uh, Santa found out about it and decided, "Aha! I'll show them how they really should be delivering all these Christmas presents in mm-hmm. one night." Yeah, my 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 va- my vanity cries out. I must do this one more time to prove how great a Santa I am, <laughs> and how great the old ways were doing it instead of being a postman <laughs> in a spaceship. <laughs> a spaceship, very true. That's how he worded it. Yeah, that is true. That's how he put word it. Uh, so yeah, I just be like Arthur's passion. I, I really enjoy that his enthusiasm, his uh, his desire to go to the very like to continue on, even though he's he's brought down by the the uh, disappointment of the delusion he's had about his father and his family, the whole bit. But then he finds that passion again to deliver the the package to win, and I thought that was very appealing. So that is my number three. So my first dislike is going to sound odd that I'm bringing this up as a dislike because we've talked about how nice it is to see Prep and Landing mm-hmm. expanded out to a full movie. The problem is I wanted it to be Prep and Landing and not this movie. Yeah, indeed. Yes. That's the problem. This, I, I'm not saying, I'm not going to say that this movie stole from Prep and Landing. Yeah. I, honestly, how do you prove that? They both took a similar idea of t- using uh, the operation of getting Santa Claus, getting all the presents delivered as a military operation. Right. Prep and Landing still kept more of the Santa Claus mythos intact mm-hmm. with the sleigh and everything. This one took it a little bit farther by going completely overboard with the legit, with the uh, spaceship. Indeed. And everything. But... Um, The elves, if you're if you're going to do something similar to Prep and Landing, which I think did it so well, you need to have your elves mm-hmm. be more than just uh, a step above a mindless robot. Indeed. And you get right down to it. The only elf we really get to know is Briny. Mm-hmm. And she is so obsessed with rapping. Oh gosh. That I honestly wonder if she has a problem. Yeah. Peter is brown brown noses the whole time. Oh good. Nice. And when they just barely mention only uh it's not impo- this child was not important. Mm-hmm. 
Which is not what any of them were saying. It's right. just it got said wrong, and then the rumor starts spreading. They all went absolutely bonkers. That is true. And stupid. It's like, they never realized, maybe we're reading too much into this. I understand you got mob mentality, and that does mm. great weird things. It does. People. It does. But these seem like they were just... They were two-dimensional. Nearly every single one of these char- uh, the elves was two-dimensional. Yeah, there, there was really no character. And the to them. thing is, they make up 90% of the cast. That is true. I just wish they were they would have done a little more with making these characters a little more three-dimensional. It's hard to say that when these characters are, are all essentially extras, yeah. with the exception of Peter and Briny. Right. But... They don't do enough with those characters to make every all the other elves that they represent as right. major characters in the film to make them feel more than just robots that have just a little bit more feeling to them. Right. If that makes any sense. That does make sense. And so I just wish they had done a little bit more with that. And especially if you're going to have this whole... And to some degree, it does still feel a little too prep and landing for me. They mm-hmm. they changed some stuff. Don't get me wrong. If they were copying, yeah, but it's not changed enough. I don't know how you fix it at this point, other than you just go with it. Maybe this was just something that happened to occur at the same time. Like because you, know, you see that happen with movies sometimes, where mm-hmm. two movies will come out almost the same time with the same idea, right. just slightly differently from two different companies, and you wonder how they came out at the same time. Yeah. Without there being some collusion, yeah, someone trying to steal from somebody else, but maybe this is just something like that, and it's just they started being in production at the same time, and since prep and landing was a short, and it was a uh, uh, came out on TV, so it didn't have as much lead time and polish time. It got out first. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what happened, but it's just too close to prep and landing for my liking. I would in agree. That instance. I would agree. The the yeah, because if, like we said, we kept saying last year, I want we want a prep and landing movie. Agree, indeed. And this is essentially what we're gonna all we've got. Yeah, not that this is bad. Do not get me wrong. It's just it's not the prep and landing movie I wanted. Yeah. Uh, when you mentioned movies that come out at the exact same time, that have the almost the exact same premise, I think of White House Down and uh, Olympus Has Fallen. It's almost the exact same story with little little beats here and there that are different. See, I was thinking Madagascar and the Wild. Really? Yeah. Okay. The Wild is the Disney movie everyone forgets exists. That's a movie I completely forgot about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But Madagascar. But yeah, Madagascar. Anyway, go ahead. That is true. All right. So going into my first is like uh, like I said before, the third act of this movie has problems. Uh, to me, it has problems. So the, the idea like one, you have the government of the United States is, or the rest of the United Nations, the United Nations are claiming on Christmas morning, Christmas morning. Let me, let me point that out to you. Christmas morning. They're claiming that a, a flying object that is being pulled by what looked like reindeer and it looks like a sleigh are claiming this is a UFO. Well, I mean, they do kind of give you the idea that it's going to be it's a UFO from all the other things, especially right. the, uh, when they steal the, the deer sign. Yeah, which was stupid. It, it was stupid. But 
I mean, that was the start of the UFO rumor, and that's yeah. what the yep. world um, clung to. Oh, yeah. So, and it doesn't help that when they went to hiding, they turned into a UFO. Yeah, that is true. That did not that help. That did not help at all. It's like, okay, you're playing into the trope. <laughs> you're playing into it. And the fact to be like the the S one looks like a space looks like a space station or looks like you know a UFO, a UFO or something out of Star but Trek. Got, but it's got better cloaking technology. Yeah, apparently they got it from the Romulans or the Klingon. More likely the Romulans. <laughs> but either way, go the third act structure. Like you have the first act where you understand who the characters are. You get the second act where Arthur goes on his adventure with Grand Santa. And then the third act is where he is trying to get to Gwen's house. Uh And to me, that completely falls apart. (laughs) The, you you have the, the, the ridiculous, the ridiculous side quests, which there again is padding out the, padding out the runtime. And you're, and uh, you really don't get to learn anything about the characters except, Oh, this was how they did this and this and this. But, just the the third act the third act was just ridiculous it was like okay let's let's try to get everybody converging on this idea oh let's go back to the same the the same idea we did before mistaking this little town in mexico for this town in england yeah and what and what was it not wells but um cornwall trainwell cornwall um I like that. That was funny, but at the same time, it was just more uh, just to me. It's just the story started falling apart, and uh, I would have to go back and do like have to flesh that out. But it's just to me, the third act started falling apart because it just like oh okay, so now we're gonna play into the trope that's it's a it's a it's a a UFO. Let's blow up the let's blow up uh, Evie. Let's uh, oh the the poor reindeer. The poor reindeer in this film. Oh yeah. my gosh! Like, oh, and they, they get all back safe and sound, and they're somehow. they're not being somehow. That just makes no sense. Uh, the 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 grand the grandfather's story of how he, um, uh, what what happened in I think in the forties, like how how for some for some reason he he goes out. We're never really given an explanation what happened, except maybe he. Be like, oh, he got spotted or something like that. And then uh, Steve is, tells the father, it's like, hey, grandpa's going to retire. And just these little things that drove me nuts. And I was like, what in the world's going on? Just Now, granted, this is my personal perspective on this film. Just to me, I think I'll have to go write it out a little bit more. But just the third act to me just kind of fell flat. So that's my first dislike. My second dislike has to deal with time zones. Indeed, yes. Because here's the thing. When dealing with Santa Claus, yeah. you always have the question, how can he deliver mm-hmm. all those presents around the world in one right. night? Most people are thinking of the standard, let's, we'll say 12-hour night, assuming 7, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Right. Now, getting around the world in 12 hours, that would be tough under most... Under, even with even with magic, that's almost inconceivable. Right. The thing is, it's not 12 hours. Hmm. It's not even 24 hours, even though that would make sense with the 24-hour thing because it's it, would, it goes from 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. at the international date on the on the east on the uh, easterly side eastern yeah. side of the international date line to 7 a.m. 
on the western side mm-hmm. of the International Dateline. That is 24 plus 12, 36? Something like that. Six hours. 36 hours, I think, is a lot more believable, especially when you consider not every country gets Santa Claus because it's yeah. not part of every tradition. Yeah, exactly. It's a part of a lot of them, but not all of them. Yeah. Um, especially with the military concept that, mm-hmm. uh, set up that they've got in this movie. I actually think you could do that in 36 hours. Yeah. With the way, with, with their entire setup. I think that part is very, Logistically, very it works. Yeah, yeah. Logistically, I can make that work in my head. The fact though, they then limit themselves to 12 hours because they didn't want to deal with the idea of the people in Australia being awake while the people in Canada are just going to sleep. Yeah. And the fact they get like the whole world go to sleep at one. I, I get you get this. It's this magical thing. And you're supposed to ignore this part. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, this is a question that's been brewing in my head mm-hmm. from a logistical point of view since I saw the Santa Claus back in the nineties. You know, the, right. one with Tim, the movie with Tim mm-hmm. Allen in it. Arf, arf, and they brought that up. And I thought, and even you know, whether no matter where on the Santa Claus belief structure you are, mm-hmm. that is a legitimate question. How did one man? Deliver all these presents to every single uh, child in yeah in in the world in one night yeah well it's a lot easier when you get thirty six hours and not twelve that is true but and there's nothing to say since they have magic that makes reindeer fly that they can't also do some time stretching either way with with the with the S one that definitely should be possible yeah why do you have to throw in this one little complication that there are no time zones. Somehow the entire world is on, has goes to sleep at the same time has one night, one day that doesn't work. No, it doesn't. That, that, that just confuses the matter even more so than if you'd have just, because tell me what child at this, at this point does not understand that there are time zones. We all have television. Yeah. We all, I understood time zones when I was young because I had to ask, why does this say it's going to be on at 6 o'clock, 5 central? And why do we pay attention to the central and not the 6? True. I understood time zones and they went all around the world at the age of 5. Yeah. I'm assuming it's a lot worse now since you have things like simulcasts going all around the world on the internet. Yeah. Kids understand understand this probably better than we understood it. Probably, yeah. Back then. Why are you now throwing in this idea as like, oh yeah, that we don't want to have to deal with that. We want them to go from Canada to uh, Africa, to Mexico, to France, to being lost in Cuba, <laughs> to them finally going to yeah, uh, England. Go all around the world and you never see the sun until morning. Yeah. That's no, not the way no, it works. That is not how the world works. You were so realistic with this concept from the very beginning until mm-hmm. you hit the time zone problem and you had a perfect excuse for the time zone problem and you ignored it. Yeah, pretty much. Like, oh, we got to get there in 12 hours. Be like, what? And that's the other problem. They get all the world delivered with what, two hours to spare? Is what they say? Yeah, roughly like three hours. Okay. That, I'm assuming that means Hawaii. Yeah. 
which would put them so by the by the time Hawaii is at night with two hours to spare. I'm assuming that's just the westerly part of it. I know there's some other ones over there. There's yeah. a little farther closer mm-hmm. to the international date line. Either way, that should mean that at Greenwich Mean Time, which is what Trey Lou Cornwall should be at, mm-hmm. it's morning. They have no time to deliver this one present. Yeah, exactly. And that that's, if you would have just narrowed your scope, yeah, to Europe, and say you got Europe done all in one night, and um, I, I don't know how you do that because you still have all the east, the Western Hemisphere to handle, admittedly, in that time period. Maybe have the S one still delivering presents. Yeah. And the and the bike was accidentally left at the North Pole, and that's when Arthur found it. And they can't get the S one to come back and deliver it in the next mm. two hours before morning comes, because they're too busy delivering presents over North America. That makes sense. That would make a better story. That makes that, that, that fixes the problem right there. Yeah, exactly. But that's not what they did. No, because you could still have all that happen and still have them all four Santas end up in Trailu Cornwall. As fast, especially as fast as they were delivering presents during this thing. Oh yeah, long before it be, it was going to become a problem. Mm-hmm. Anyway, off my time zone <laughs> rant. What's your second dislike? My second dislike is is an old is an like an old time question that it's always be like all the good children get presents while the all the bad children get coal. Except you never hear of children getting cold. Exactly. Now I I've heard That's parent- apparently because the elves scan their own face when they see the naughty. Exactly. Coming. Which then that goes against the he sees you when you're sleeping. Sleeping knows, knows when you're, you're awake. awake. He's making a list, checking it, it twice. twice. Gonna find out who's naughty or nice. Except the elves are cheating. Yeah, exactly. They're cheating at the system no. to give every child the exact present they want now i prefer it being that santa claus has is extending grace to the naughty kids if you're going to go and give them exactly to oh we're going to have the elves cheat so that the the bully still gets his present completely undeservedly and Mm -hmm. it's just because the elves are, are 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 too robotic to allow the Exactly. Allow the naughty child not to get his gift. Exactly. And then going back to our our, our main case of Gwen is Gwen is she is going to be so disappointed that she's not going to get this bike, this one bike she's asked for. And I remember as a child that going into the living room where Santa has left all his presents, and for some reason Santa be like, "Yeah, I got all these presents, but I didn't get what I wanted." I was like, Santa Claus brought you a present, but it wasn't yeah, he he you he brought you for. the presents. What you be like, you know, what Santa could afford? Um, yeah, what Santa could afford? What Santa could afford? Which I was always grateful for. It was just more this idea that every kid got what they wanted. And I'm like, okay, what it's what they want or what they desire. That's the difference. Yeah, that's the big difference. It's always what they want. Rather yeah. than, it's be like, is it what they need or what they desire? It's See, always the I, desire thing. I have no problem with Gwen getting her bike. Yeah. Don't get me wrong there. Yeah. Because I believe, one of the things I, I prefer every year for, everyone that says they want a white Christmas, mm. I don't want a white Christmas. 
I want a dry Christmas. Okay. Not, not because of snowpocalypse. I, I, yeah. really, I never want to see snow again after that. <laughs> but I want a dry Christmas so kids can go out and ride their bikes. Yeah. We just got for Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's just this idea. I have nothing wrong with Gwen getting a bike. No. The fact that that one naughty boy got what looked like an entire Christmas train set. Yeah, that drove me nuts. I was like, really? Uh, really? This 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 naughty kid. Perhaps you should be getting a nice new pack of underwear. Maybe. Something like that. And that it's the, is the new coal. Yeah, that's what I would say. But there again, the, the elves literally cheat and give kids everything they want. I'm like, where were these elves when I was a kid? You get everything you want. And it's like, that's awesome. But also, that's not the way the world works. Also, how does this work logistically? Because the presents had to have been wrapped before they left the North Pole. Uh-huh. So they should have already known how much presents they needed versus how much coal or you know, non-what-you-wanted, but still... Yeah, your deepest desire gift. But they, they then everybody gets so it. why are they scamming the kids at the last minute? Yeah. What, what is what what is their what is their what is their good deeds have made them good in the last you know couple of days couple of months since they've they they wrote their letter and there again it's almost like a like a good deeds thing be like have you been good have you been bad mm-hmm. it's that whole thing have you been a good person which there again in scripture that no man is no good man is no good. no one no, not one, one. Yeah. yeah uh but just this 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 idea that even the naughty I mean, kids get what I mean, they want even if you go back to the coal thing uh-huh. From the old traditions, that was still something they could use and would keep them warm. Oh the yeah, winter. absolutely. That's why they got coal. It wasn't yeah. that they didn't? Uh, it was. It wasn't that Santa was just being mad. Says, "Ha ha, you get coal. Yeah, it's nice dirty coal. You don't want coal because coal's not a toy." He still gave them something they needed. Yeah, something that the family which why, needed. Which is why I'm saying the modern equivalent would be. A, a fresh package of underwear. Yeah, or socks, or socks, or socks or shirt, whatever. Some nice piece of clothing. We, as kids, you hate to get it because it's, you know, it's not something, it's not a toy. You can't play with it. Yeah. It's but it's something, something you need it. It's, it's something, something you need it. Yeah. That's, to me, the modern equivalent of coal. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, that's not what they're giving out. They're still giving out the trinkets and doodads and the things. The, the Dudley Dursleys of the world are still getting their crap they're going to destroy in a month. Mm-hmm. And still going around and beating up other kids. Exactly. <laughs> Especially those with hair and lightning scars. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, that doesn't he get his you know his just desserts? The oh, sorry, we brought up Harry Potter. Yes, so we much did in this episode. Already. Yes, we have. Uh, but yeah, it's the the, uh, the like logistic of giving children who are be like, oh, you've been a good boy, you've been or a good girl, be like, you you've done all these really good things, or your parents or whatever, you've been a good citizen of the world, you get a good treat, <sighs> and. Or be like you're a bad child and you're supposed to get coal, but there again it's more underwear now. But, but the elves cheat. The elves cheat. What the heck? It's like oh, be like I'm just gonna scam myself ever since I'm a elf and apparently I'm a good person the entire time. Well, he only had a 64 percent good rating. That is true, but he still got st- be like yeah. it's it's it was more of a headache. Yeah, but it's, it's like, that's not how you handle that. That's not how you handle it. And, uh, yeah, there again, it's the desire, what they need and what they want. And it's just, yeah. And is anybody really good? No. <laughs> like, we can do good things. We can good duties for people. But ultimately, it's about self. Yeah. Let's just say that. <laughs> Be honest. 
And are, are, are we ultimately deserving of anything? No, we're not. <laughs> it's only by the grace of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. death and resurrection, that we have you know, eternal life. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> you know, like the, the presents are like, oh, nice bonus. <laughs> Either way, that was that was kind of my, you know, kind of going into theology and the the baffling giving and good, bad thing, I guess. What's your number three? My third dislike for this film. The reindeer sign. That oh, stole. that is the stupidest thing they could have done in this entire stupid movie. J- just because Grand Santa wanted it. Because here's the thing. A. The deer is not going to cause you, give you any lift. No, it's not. It's going to give you drag. It's going to give you more problems than it's going to cause. Mm. Two. If you take the picture that Grand Santa wanted to take with himself delivering the bike with the sleigh and the eight reindeer, the fact that one of them is a is gold plated is going to stand out like a sore thumb. Exactly. <laughs> Already breaking the rule. Mm-hmm. You would have been better sticking the old reindeer in mm-hmm. that spot. Yeah. And here's the other idea. Wait till you get to Cornwall before you try and fix it. Yeah. Because you obviously didn't need all eight reindeer to get there. That is true. Considering how far around the world they went with two. Yeah. By the end of this. Uh, they're again poor reindeer. How in the world did they get back to the North Pole and not be uh, being custody by some government official? I don't. It's like why, why is this why is this reindeer floating? We make no sense. Oh, it's with it's the, oh it's aliens! The, it's along aliens! With all the aliens of the Seren- uh, the aliens along with all the animals of the Serengeti. It's like what happened to them? Are yeah. they still floating? Is there an elephant uh, flying over New York right now? No. With an elephant, with a with a uh, with a zebra, yeah, with a zebra. I was going to go for more Dumbo with a with a uh, feather in his feather in his cap. And fe- yeah, seeing pink elephants on parade, parade with a mouse. Look out! Look out! Pink elephants on, on parade. parade. Here they come! Um. Hippity hoppity! <laughs> Stupid Grand Santa! <laughs> Him and his vanity. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, that the entire. I get that it's a joke. Yeah, and I get that it's what sets off the whole alien subplot. Right. That 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 humanity thinks is what's going on. Because I mean, how else are you? Admittedly, how else are you going to explain Santa Claus not following his prescribed route, especially when it's been he's been cloaked for the past seventy, uh, at least the past twenty thirty years. Right. However long the S one's been used. Yeah. That part's never explained. Yeah. There's but, a lot in this movie that he's not explained. And plus. The S1, even when it's been turned into the EV1, does not need any reindeer pulling it. Yeah. Why did you put reindeer in front of it, especially now that you have, what, 70,000? It was unnecessary. (laughs) No one will see it because it will be cloaked. (laughs) Apparently, they learned nothing from Star Trek. (laughs) You don't need the reindeer. The reindeer was needed for the old sleigh because that was the technology it ran on. This is like putting an internal combustion engine inside. I was about to say inside an electric car, but it's like, oh, that's hybrid cars. (laughs) I nearly said something very stupid. (laughs) 
But it's 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 like putting an internal combustion engine inside a ship with a warp core. <laughs> indeed, indeed, it is. It is you very frustrating. Don't need them, but it's tradition. <laughs> you know what? If you're gonna have traditional, go back to a traditional no, no, sleigh. No, 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 no. If you're going to have or a tech sleigh. If you're going to have reindeer. On the S1 or the EV1, whatever you're yeah. calling it, from a traditional point of view, A, you only need the eight. Right. And B, you put them in an enclosure on the very front. Uh-huh. And maybe you have them run to give them some exercise, but they don't go anywhere. Yeah. Are there, are put there... them on a treadmill. Have them where you can see them out in front of it, but they're not actually pulling it because you have whatever engine has been pulling pushing that, that the S1 for years. A warp core. <laughs> I'm assuming a warp core. <laughs> Probably using a concentrate of the that uh, what do they call it the stuff they mined from the aurora borealis. Yeah, that allowed the reindeer to fly. It's yeah. probably using a big concentrate of that. Probably that. <laughs> I don't know, but you don't need the gold deer, and you don't need the reindeer. That is true. Anymore, you needed the reindeer for the sleigh. Don't get free. Right. Do not get me wrong there. But you've already upgraded the thing, and it's a very good reason to not go back. Yeah. You don't need the reindeer. Let them stay home and rest. That is true. Let them go back to being wild reindeer. True. What is your last dislike? <laughs> my third dislike, and it was literally my reaction to the very end of the film, was, no, what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm curious what this is. <laughs> okay, so... We get to the scene where all three Santas converge on the house and they are all tussling, bustling of who, like who's going to give the present, give the present. And Arthur's acting like, oh, be like, oh, we got to give a present to Gwen. And they're like, oh, he's the dude. And they're like, oh, he's new Santa. What? (laughs) You're giving the job of Santa Claus. To Arthur, I understand that you're giving it to Arthur because his passion and his love and his joy and his enthusiasm okay. for Christmas. I know where you're going with this, but continue. Okay. So because I have a rebuttal. Okay. Okay. So we've seen throughout the entire movie. It's like, yes, this guy has a great heart. He's got a great passion, desire to do the things of Christmas for all the wonderful children. They deserve all these amazing presents. But the guy's a buffoon. <laughs> okay. And let, let me finish. Let me yeah, finish. Okay. Let me finish. So we have this buffoon who, I mean, like, yeah, he's got the passion. Be like, he, he's the guy who trips over a wire and destroys things. <laughs> and you, you want him piloting this high tech sleigh. I've got to correct a lot of what you're about to say, but continue. Okay. I'm just like, now granted, it was more, get I was out of your system. Yes. Let me get, get out, out of system. your system. <laughs> okay. So I, 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 I have a rebuttal. I, I found it very frustrating that they made Arthur. Now, granted, he's the main character. I get it. He becomes, he becomes Santa, but at the same time you're dealing with a character who all he does is bumble things up. The entire time. Now, does he become a better person after this? Maybe. But at the same time, be like, 
Uh, to me, I think you have Steve, who is, it's basically, it's, oh, dad's out of the way. Now you have give it to Arthur. Now, Steve's running everything to make sure Arthur is in line and make sure everything's running right. Let him be the Santa Claus. But Steve technically is running everything still. That's my deal. And it's just more like, what? And that was like, it, it was it was just so it was so awkward. I, I felt so just like, huh? What? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That Steve would be the man, kind of in charge. That he's directing everything and making sure everything's going right. And Arthur is just being Santa Claus. So that was my. I was like, what the <laughs> moment? Okay, so my rebuttal is okay. that Arthur is not Santa Claus by himself. Yeah, Arthur and Steve. Mm-hmm are essentially together Santa Claus. Oh, yeah, indeed. Arthur's got the heart, very obviously. Yes. And when push comes to shove, you absolutely have to do something. Yeah. Like a gift, a a child got missed, we need to get this gift to her. It's Arthur who's going to say, yes, we need to do this. Oh, yeah. Steve is going to say, no, we did it all right. Yeah. If Steve were the Santa Claus, Santa Claus would die very quickly. Yeah. Because the belief would go away. Yeah. But if Arthur were Santa Claus by himself, nothing would ever get done. And no, Santa it would Claus would also die. Yeah, exactly. But together. Yeah, that was kind of my point. Because the point is, it's not Arthur who's Santa Claus. No, he's not. It's not Steve who's Santa Claus. It's it's it's, it's not Malcolm who has been playing the role of Santa Claus for seventy years. Yeah, it's it's he's a joint effort. He's not Santa Claus. Yeah, he might be in the suit. Mm-hmm. He may have been the one delivering presents early on and mm-hmm. then became a figurehead later, but. The point the movie is getting out is mm. it's not about who's in the suit. Yeah. As long as the children get the presence and the Santa Claus of mythology remains real in their hearts. Yeah. I completely agree with you on that. That is where that's the point they're getting at. Yeah. My problem here is, is that means that the kids who are writing letters to no one. Mm. Pretty much. Because that means nobody's Santa Claus. You've got, as far as I know, no none of the people you've got, you got. You may have him being Santa Claus, being called Santa Claus. Yeah, his title. But he's not Santa Claus. Yeah, he's Arthur. He's yeah. Arthur Claus. Yeah, and you got Steve Claus and Malcolm Claus and Grand Claus, Claus. whatever his name was. Right. None of them are Santa Claus. Far as we can tell, the only Santa Claus was Santa, the first one. St. Nick. Yeah, St. Nicholas. Which they did not show St. Nick punching out a heretic, which I was very, <laughs> I was not happy about. If you're curious what that is, go look go up in history. It's actually a real thing. And and it may, may or may not be true, depending on who you talk to, but who cares? I like the idea of Santa Claus punching out somebody who was saying heretical things about, ironically, I think about Satan. Something Ironically. Like ironically, yeah. Anyway. Oh, no, no, it was it was he was the guy who was doing modalism. Who, anyway? Oh, it's about the Trinity. <laughs> yeah, it was about the Trinity. If there's right. nothing more confusing than the Trinity. Yeah, <laughs> we're not getting into that. You, tonight. you get yourself either punched or slapped. <laughs> either way, that was the Santa Claus. They are just trying to keep the name alive. Yeah, the best way they can. And if the best they can do in the current situation is have Arthur be the heart and take the title, mm-hmm. which is honestly nothing. Yeah. In reality. Yeah. But him be essentially take over his father's role as figurehead, but yeah. still be 
the heart of the matter yeah. and still be the one in charge mm-hmm. ultimately, but he defers the mechanics and the logistics of the mm-hmm. situation to his to brother, Steve, mm-hmm. who knows how to get it done, even though he's not as good with kids, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have to be good with kids because that's what Arthur's for. That's what they're going for. The problem is there is no Santa Claus anymore mm. because Santa died back in the that's true. 20, it's 20 it's, Santas ago. Yeah, it's, it's more tradition. Now, right. Here, so here, here's Which means some, when all the belief kids have in Santa is for nothing. Yeah, it's for legend. Which means which means they should be believing in Jesus because Jesus is real. There we go. Uh, Jesus is the reason for the season, not Santa Claus. Uh, thank you. Uh, so if you learn nothing else tonight. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So here's here's the point you, you brought up with Steve. The the fact that like Steve has one interaction with a kid and it goes terribly wrong. I the, mean, he does try to take the bike back. That is true. Which he, he, he should logistically. Have done. He should it's just, just like said, just give the kid. Uh, okay, yeah, it's yours now. I'm going. And the, then you get the Chihuahua, the Chihuahua. The it's chihuahua, like the yes. Chihuahua and that slipper. But the the thing is, be like if he's Santa Claus, he's not supposed to be seen. So why would it? Yeah, he that, also broke that rule. Yeah, a like, lot. <laughs> that's why. Steve, the whole there, Steve's whole situation is based on the idea that it all gets done in one night. Yeah. So he has no real way to do it when it's not done right. Mm-hmm. That's why he wanted to send it five days later, which also would ruin Christmas for the kid who didn't get the present. That is true. That is true. But the point I'm trying to get to is that Steve, like I have one example that he's not good with kids. Okay. But the fact that like Santa Claus is never seen. He's never seen, never heard. So why would it matter? Be like, yeah, you want the heart. You want Arthur to be the heart of it. But why would it matter if Steve wasn't good with kids when it's just the title? Because Steve's approach. Yeah, I, I get that. Is ultimately flawed. Arthur's approach is ultimately flawed, but together, together yeah, it's actually comes together because they're working together to mm-hmm. be Santa Claus. Yes, the exactly. title went to Arthur. Yeah, but there it's, it's a it's, it's a team approach. A, it's going to be the picture of Arthur that goes on the wall next to the other twenty Santas. Yeah, if Arthur's a good person, he's going to have his brother on screen with him. And I think Arthur's a good enough person to do that. I would think but so. We ne- we'll never know. Yeah, but ultimately, it's going to be Arthur who's remembered as Santa Claus the twenty first. Yeah, because Santa Claus the twenty second, assumingly Arthur's kid. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Yeah. Could be a better Santa Claus. Could be better than both Steve and Arthur put together. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. But ultimately, what what I'm getting at is that Santa Claus is not Arthur. It's not Steve. It's both of them. Yeah, it's both. And technically, you go back and say Nicholas. That's what because everyone that thinks of. Santa Claus. That's the real Santa Claus. That's what everybody thinks of. L- especially from this lore. Yeah, definitely from this lore. So there again, it's a title that's been passed down generation to generation, and now Arthur is the figurehead or the t- the he title. Took over his father's role as figurehead. Yeah, pretty much. Except he's probably got a little bit more. No, he's probably got the same amount of say his father had in it. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, and then you have Steve, who's running logistics, <laughs> and apparently happy, and happy, apparently. Apparently, everybody, everybody in this film's happy, except for the reindeer. How did apparently the reindeer have a GPS back to? The North Pole? I don't know. I they're don't know. Happy. They're happy. That's what it said. It said Everybody's happy. happy. I'm like, uh. now <laughs> them and about 30,000 others are now pulling a giant spaceship yep. to the sky. <laughs> yeah, that makes That's, no sense. That's no sense. 
there, there again, I, I wanted to say just make him mechanical reindeer, and like uh, Drew Jack, said, Jack let Frost them. did that. That Jack, is Jack Frost. No, not Jack Frost. Uh, Robo Santa from Santa Claus Two did that, and that didn't work out very. No, well. it didn't actually. <laughs> anyway, anyways, I think that brings us to the rating of this film. Yes, I'm giving it an eight. Okay, it's a fun movie. It's it, I think more people should watch it. Yeah, I agree. This is a good Christmas movie. Yeah. The issues we're bringing up, at least for me, are more nitpicks. It's stuff I wish they would do differently. Yeah, same here. It's things I wish most Christmas movies would take more seriously, especially with the time zones. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's just a fun movie. Indeed. It's a Indeed. good Christmas movie. So, what are you rating it? I'm going to give it a 7.5. It's a little lower. Uh, I think just I, I let a lot of the nitpicks really bother me with this film. I, I enjoyed it. There were just so many little, there were so many little problems with this thing that I just, I found just, it drove me nuts. And there again, these were great conversations we had with this movie. I, I, am I going to recommend it? Yes. Uh, it's not, it's there again. It's not my cup of tea. Not really. I'll probably, ever since I do own it, I do. No, Drew owns it. I own it. I bought Drew, the thing. Drew owns it. Never mind. Uh, maybe he's putting it, taking it to half price later, but I do own it right now. <laughs> yeah. So would I recommend it? Yes. Uh, would I watch it in the future? Maybe. Um, so yeah, be like, uh, 7.5. Our next episode, we will be reviewing the original 1966, how the Grinch stole Christmas. Mm-hmm. And our trivia question is the singer of you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch was Thurl Ravenscroft. What commercial character is he most well-known for playing? Ooh, I don't know that one. I'll be posting that question up uh, tomorrow morning, so answer there. And uh, we will see y'all next week. In the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we will catch you in the next frame. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. Also on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but I've gotten better. Uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. On Twitter at Jacob Heron and Letterbox at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterbox at GGeorge759, Facebook as Drew Dodgen, uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also I'm follow me on Twitter better. at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live-action movies. And remember, Cell is a single single L. L.
who's stepping on a cat? Wow! Ruff, 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 ruff.